It's Wednesday, April 15th. Happy Tax Day, everyone in America. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio from Motley Fool, Motley Fool Funds, Bill Mann and Bill Barker. Happy Tax Day, gents. Hey, there's still time to fund your uh, IRA. There, that is a that is that, true. That is a fact. Yes, we're not saying anything other than that fact because it might be perceived as promotional. But there is still technically time here on April 15th to yeah. fund your IRA. Please do so. It's good for you. It's yeah. good for you. Let's move on. Um, we've got uh, we've got some big tech news. Uh, we've got earnings. We've got uh, we've got Google uh, being formally accused of illegal practices. Finally, um, we'll, we'll get to those. <laughs> Have you been waiting for that? I, I say finally, just because that story. It's just been it, it. Honestly, that story has been the legal business equivalent. Of uh, Apple and the smartwatch, Hillary right? announcing for president. Yes, yeah. just, just okay. Just can you please just announce that you're running for president? Can you please just come out with this smartwatch? Can you please just try to break up Google? <laughs> Have you noticed that the EU usually comes out with these things at about the exact point in time that the power of their target is waning anyway? Like they went after Microsoft at which point in time Microsoft was in the process of losing all by itself. And now they're going after Google. I'm not extrapolating. I'm just saying that they're pretty good at timing uh, going after. It's interesting timing, you're saying. Yeah. That time they beat up on Greece. <laughs> well, let's start with Intel. Uh, first quarter profit, $2 billion. It's pretty good. Which certainly sounds good. It's yeah. only 3% higher than a year ago. Yeah. It, it, it looked, you know, it looked like. A fine quarter. It you know it was the quarter that we've sort of seen for a while now from Intel in that PC demand is waning. Therefore, the the chips that they make for PCs having less of an impact. Also waning. But the stock is up today, and I'm wondering how much we should read into the results that they broke out on their Internet of Things chips, mm-hmm. their server chips, because that seems to be getting a lot of attention and. It the results are good, but it also seems like at least some investors might be reading a little too much, or, or to use your word, they might be extrapolating a little too yeah, much. Well, recall Intel warned not that long ago, so this is uh, it's a classic game that companies play, which is warn and then beat. And so I think uh, I think that probably you're seeing a little bit of that. Um, you know, the results from the PCs were. Uh, were not good, but they weren't supposed to be good. I mean, I don't think anybody is surprised that uh, that that the PC market is is struggling a bit. Uh, their server results were pretty good. I mean, they you know full stop. Um, particularly with a company like Intel that has such huge uh, you know capital expenditures and such a huge research budget, I really don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about on a you know, on a quarter to quarter basis. They've got some big initiatives that are that that are coming out that I think are going to be much more meaningful f- for Intel than you know what happened over the last quarter. One of the stories that's uh, gone around the last few weeks is whether or not Intel is going to buy Altera. Is that I don't know. Is that is that a good move? Uh, Intel seems sounds like, good for Altera. <laughs> sounds yeah, definitely sounds good for Altera and their shareholders. Um, Intel does not seem to have a bad track record of acquisitions in the way that some other tech giants do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it does seem though, 
and I think we'll get back into this later when we talk about Google, it does seem like Intel's path to growth, um, I don't want to say it has to come through acquisition, but it, they're certainly more dependent on that type of growth um, rather than coming by it organically. Well, they don't have to grow. Uh, that's one of the things investors are uh, well advised to take into account. They're they're uh, increasing and have set forth what their uh, share buyback uh, plans are going to be, which is to fund their dividend and and their um, you know capital needs, and then spend the rest of the money on share buybacks, which is a way to grow earnings per share as you no. eliminate shares. Because the, of math. Yeah, because of math. And, right. and, and so, the, the way to grow earnings per share, which ultimately is what investors care about, uh, can either be attempted by going out and saying, the only thing we can do with this cash is to buy somebody else's shares or yeah. to buy our own. And they feel that their own shares are worth buying in, in significant amounts. and and. Typically, it, for well-managed companies, that works out over the long term. Yeah, I don't think that the, that Intel is, is positing itself as a hyper-growth company anymore. Um, and as you suggest, they have a good track record at capital allocation, and all a share buy, buy share buyback is is a, you know another form of capital allocation. They think that one of the, you know that one of the best things that they could do is to reduce their share count, and that's. That's okay. I mean, for a company that is that is relentlessly profitable, and Intel tends to be, it's a fine. You know, it, it's a fine. They don't have to grow, as Bill said. They don't have to go out and you know figure out what the next big thing is. The next big thing may be just simply returning cash to shareholders. Staying in the world of tech, Nokia is buying French telecom Alcatel Lucent. The deal is worth sixteen and a half billion dollars, and in theory. This creates a bigger company that's better able to compete with the likes of Ericsson and others. And yet, when I see both stocks down, <laughs> and in the case of Alcatel Lucent, the stock is down around 18%, Do you? Yeah. That, that makes me wonder, does anybody think this is a good idea, uh, other than Nokia? <laughs> Well, I mean, you've got you've got two companies. Neither the, the, the bankers who are yeah, uh, funding the deal they think it's you, a good idea. You have two companies that neither one of which has great technology, has a great pipeline, and they are joining forces with each other to, I guess, uh, remove you know a marginal competitor. Um, I, I who knows? I mean, there you know. I, here's a quiz, actually. What was Lucent, which is now part of Alcatel Lucent? What was their market cap at the height back in uh, nineteen ninety nine or two thousand? Uh, I'll just go for a big round number and say a hundred billion. Two hundred eighty five billion, <laughs> which is now part of this is how much value destruction has taken place with you know with within these companies. Um, yeah, so I and don't. If you're scoring at home, Alcatel Lucent's market cap today. Just over eleven billion. That's right. And in the meantime, although it was significantly higher before today's start, yeah. I mean, it's down twenty percent. Yeah. If yeah, that's right. So people are not expecting great things from 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 these companies, and probably with good measure because they've been destroying capital very successfully for a long time. So I don't know what you you know I I, I don't know what each side thinks that they're getting out of it. It's definitely not. Tech and patents and things like that. I, su- I I suspect it's customers and has something to do with you know the ability to wring out some costs. Yeah, I think job elimination is going to be one of the larger outcomes here, rather yeah. than some new 
stronger player. Yeah, uh, and given but, that so many of those jobs are in France, uh, you know, good luck with that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, earnings from Smith and Wesson and the stock up on some pretty strong third quarter results. They also raised guidance for the fourth quarter. And uh, Bill Barker, if you're a shareholder, that's that's the one-two punch you always like to see. You beat on earnings and you raise guidance. Sure, yeah, and then the stock uh, is is delighted with all that today. It it visits lots of interesting prices. Um, so today is a good day. It's been uh, down a little bit. Uh, through last year uh, has bounced back a lot this year up about 60 up about 60%. Yeah, which is still uh, you know another 20 25% to go to get to its 52 week high of earlier 2014. Not a bad year in sales for Smith and Wesson. It would they had uh, record sales last year. They're not going to even meet those sales this year and that's part of part of why the, the stock is yeah. It has visited a lot of interesting prices. Is it seemed like it was going to be growing faster than it, it turned out to grow uh, last year, and had to guide down for much lower this year. Now it's guiding a little bit back up. Uh, boy, it's 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 hard to you know predict where the stock will go next. It's it's a good thing for some uh, other players who sell guns. Uh, Cabela's being. Uh, up a little bit today. Other, you know, sporting goods yeah, stores are, are seeing them because the, yeah. the gun sales and, and the the uh, sentiment around gun sales is is much more variable than the actual sales themselves. Yeah, it's a pretty steady industry. Um, I think one of the things that Smith and Wesson has done in the past in in October of 2007, the stock was at about 23 bucks a share, and then by 2008 October, it was a little around two dollars a share. And one of the things that they did in the middle of that swoon, which is a pretty big one, they said, "Okay, we're not going to give guidance anymore." And so now, you know, the times they feel like the times are better for them, and so they're giving guidance again. So, you know, folks, make up your mind. I mean, either either don't give guidance or give guidance. Uh, but you know, I, I they've had a lot more success on the uh, the handgun side than they've had on the rifle side. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a good quarter. We we've talked about this. Practice of giving guidance before it does seem like I don't know. It just seems like once they made that decision, uh, I, I have to believe that there were people within Smith and Wesson who not only applauded the decision but thought, "Okay, this is great." And then when they decided to go back, because first of all, it just kind of seems like a hassle, and it, it it also seems like the upside to giving quarterly guidance. Yeah. They were free. Just isn't just isn't that great. <laughs> they had, and maybe it wasn't the the best timing, but it you know at this point it seems a little bit odd that uh, when times were bad they decided they weren't going to give guidance anymore. Now that times are a little bit better, or that they have happier things to say, they like saying them more often. So they were free of you know they they were free of that troll, the having to you know having to tell analysts how to fill out their models, and they went right back to it. And I just I. I I don't. I don't think it's a great thing. Yeah, if you look at them over the last ten years, the increase in sales has been a lot smoother than the stock movement. Which the sentiment is all over all the over the place. Yeah. Uh, and you know, some of these things happen in uh, after a, a major headline gun um, nightmare. You know, yeah. uh, I think that after. Uh, one of the school shootings, one of unfortunately, uh, the school shootings uh, recently. Uh, you know, there was tremendous sentiment that now we would see some legislation 
uh, when that uh, then they got the the benefit, if you want to call that that, of neither legislation, but a lot of customers fearing legislation and stocking up ahead of time uh, yeah. because they uh, felt that that they might not be able to buy in the future. So. The sentiment around some of the purchases does happen in in very short bursts in in this industry, um, but the legislation really hasn't changed very much at all. At Fool Funds is the Twitter handle for Motley Fool Funds. If you want to follow these guys, at Market Foolery is ours. Got a question from Jonathan Flambaum who writes: How should I think about oil as the dollar goes up? Since prices are denominated in dollars, aren't oil prices going up too? To everyone who's not us, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you in works? Europe? If you're in Europe, yes. Uh, the dollar is exacerbating the well, it, it, mitigating the, when it was down. Now, now prices are going back up. In, it's two uh, five cent words right back to back. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> the, the the price of oil is higher today, and if you're buying it in euros, it's uh, not only higher but higher in dollars, and and so. For us, it's a little bit more stable um, than for the rest of the world because yeah. we have the advantage of uh, dealing in dollars here. Uh, but uh, how should you think of it? I mean, is just what are you paying at the pump? Is, is yeah. how you should think of it. We make, yeah, we we go a, very far out of our way not to make macroeconomic predictions, you know. And so the fact that we're talking about the dollar going up now, what we're actually talking about is the fact that the dollar has gone up. The do, the uh, dollar has, um, you know, it's 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 as Bill said, mitigated the the decline of the uh, you know of the price of gas in a lot of countries, but it has not dropped as it has not gone up as fast as uh, gasoline has dropped. I mean, the dollar is not as variable on a day to day basis as the price of oil. I no. mean, if the dollar were moving three four percent on a daily basis, you you know, the financial world would not be able to deal with that. Yeah. Let's wrap up uh, by going back to Google. And as I said at the top, uh, finally, the EU, which has this story has been teased out for weeks now, mm -hmm. uh, but the EU has formally accused Google of illegal practices and, and antitrust and monopoly and all those big words. And Google stock is l almost completely unaffected as a result of this. Um, but let's let's go back to the point you were making. You look at the history of the EU going, um, making similar charges against Microsoft, and in 2004, Microsoft was ordered to pay 1.7 billion dollars. Uh, uh, so that went to the EU coffers. Uh, last year, Intel paying 1.4 billion. Uh, I hadn't thought of it until you said it, but it it does seem <laughs> it does seem like interesting timing if you want to. If you want to connect those dots, yeah. Um, before we connect those dots, though, do you think that this portends anything for a similar action on the part of the United States government uh, with Google? I I don't think so. I mean, I could expound on I don't think so, but I don't think so. I so. What is this case? The EU has pointed out, um, you know, that Google does have ninety percent of the search market uh, in, in the EU. And fact, fact, and and that is monopoly power, right? And you are allowed to be a monopoly, but you have to operate with slightly different rules. You don't just get broken up for being a monopoly. You just can't abuse your monopoly power. And the the 
uh, allegation here that the case is, is is Google abusing its powers in specifically in terms of shopping, that pointing people immediately towards Google's shopping, comparative shopping product, um, which it almost certainly is, right? And the yeah. question is, is that a violation of their monopoly power? That is, you know, map mapping functions is something that if you're Googling, they point you to their map, and you're looking for a location, you click over there, and obviously you're going to use Google Maps. You're not going to go and and type in MapQuest at that point, because, <laughs> good God, why would you in the first place? But <laughs> Is MapQuest still around? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Isn't it like part of AOL or something? I think, yeah. Yes. Or, or not. Who who knows? <laughs> So, the point is the point made. is the point is Google Maps is like once upon a time wait once upon a time we all thought MapQuest like wow this is great I mean this thing really helps you you, you could get I have ma- a map on my desktop yeah, on my desktop I just have to take my desktop with me so I can find where I'm I can, going all I have to do is print it out and then I then I can get there finally easier than an actual map this would have helped back in high school when we were looking for you know parties late at night. Nobody had a map. Do you guys remember Triptychs? Do you remember this service? Sure, sure. Did you use that to get to parties? Because uh, that's no. <laughs> that's pretty slow. No, I uh, one year in college, uh, some friends and I uh, did the proverbial road trip to Florida for spring break, and the guy who was uh, in charge of getting the vehicle, the rental vehicle. You pretty much uh, just get on I ninety five. How right. complicated is that? I, that was that was my point, but he was very enthusiastic, and I didn't want to uh, dampen his enthusiasm. And he was really excited about the fact that I think it was AAA. It was a service AAA had at the time where right. you could pay rather than just get a map or get an atlas the or something like that, and, and <laughs> or bring you, a globe. Or <laughs> you could pay AAA to make a customized map that was like a reporter's notebook that would just flip over yeah. and kids so, today they won't believe you exactly and i was and speaking of which i was explaining this it was yet another thing from the past that i was explaining to my teenager as she just sort of stared at me like <laughs> what what is this thing that someone paid money how for? did you make fire back then yeah exactly <laughs> um, with trip ticks <laughs> um where were we? We're we're going. You go, were on the road to Florida. No, no, no. We're going to go back. No, we're going to go to. The, we're, we're going to take. What the happened road to once Europe. you got there? Uh, those films have been destroyed. <laughs> um, let's go back to Google, though, because let's say, just for the sake of this discussion, that this plays out somewhat similar to how it played out for Microsoft and Intel, and at some point in the next couple of years, Google pays a fine of some sort, which they could absolutely pay without blinking an eye because they have that kind of cash on hand. But from the standpoint of the stock, does this give you pause? When you look at what happened to Microsoft, you look at a chart of Microsoft stock from 2004 to today, you look at Intel over the last few years, these were some of the biggest gainers of the 90s that have absolutely slowed down as they have grown. And there are certainly investors out there who look at big tech companies and say, once they get to a certain size, I'm no longer interested. Does this move by the EU help fuel that case? You know, so there are two things that uh, interfere with the ability of one of these companies, whether it be Microsoft back in the day or Google today, from just growing to take over the world. One is, the regulatory constraints, which take forever and and slow things and 
but don't, uh, you know, Microsoft once upon a time, we can remember, was broken up, uh, at least by a judge's order in 1999 or, or 2000, Jackson, Judge Jackson. Um, uh, and that never happened, right? Because you, then you litigate that for a few decades. And, and then they became irrelevant. Right. And then yeah. they became irrelevant because competitors actually did things that they never saw coming, you know? And so the, the fact that Windows Explorer was going to take over the world and we, we all needed protection from Explorer being embedded in our operating systems became um, irrelevant because Explorer ended up being awful. Can we say sucking on this, this yeah. show? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And that's kind of when, and that's all that needed to happen. Uh, right. their, their monopoly power didn't allow them, even under you know, any con- construct, whether they were abusing what is monopoly power for, for Microsoft in the Intel based operating system, um, from actually making people use what turned out to be a product that was very easy. Uh, in, from from Google's uh, angle to to replace with a better op, uh, better you know not operating system, but um, the Chrome has just sort of taken so much market share, uh, and you know people thought, oh, Bing. Once Microsoft gets into that, they'll they'll take over. Well, that you know it it ultimately uh, competitors prevent these any of these companies from controlling the world. Yeah. And regulators are are usually several steps behind, uh, but they they slow that growth and and dominance too, and take some money. So you know this this action today may be a reminder, Google's flat for the day, a reminder that there are certain forces, both regulatory and in in the competitive sphere, that prevent them from growing to the the unimaginable size that some people might claim they are going to grow to. Uh, just by the the virtue of the dominance of what they have in search, is this an expensive stock right now? Do you think compared to just in general, like uh, if, if, if the way that you value stocks when you look at Google stock, do you think you know what this has had a great run? It's a little pricey, or you know what I, I'm not worried about this for the next few years. But by the way, check back with me in a few years. I I actually don't think that Google is all that expensive. Um, yeah, it's you know it's it's trading at a pretty large multiple. It is you know it, it is one of very few companies that have the market position you know and the options that uh, you know that that it does. Uh, it yeah, and in terms of being expensive, it's it's kind of done a whole lot of nothing for a little bit more than a year now. Which hey, a year is not required to see a growth in stock price all the time, but. You know, compared to other things which have continued to just go higher and higher and higher over the last eighteen months, um, that Google is not uh, not at the top of the list of things that I'm worried about. You can read more from these guys. Just go to FoolFunds.com. You can sign up for Declarations, which is the free monthly newsletter that they put out. Great stuff every month. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. It's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.